0: The number one financial destination, Yahoo Finance.com.
1: Hey
2: everyone, welcome to episode five hundred and 14 of Waypoint Radio. I am your host, Patrick Klubik, because Rob thought he could tempt fate, just get a vaccine shot in the middle of the week, and he would just be built different. (laughs) He's not. He's not. He's the opposite. When I saw, he sent a message like, like he was like skipping off to go get candy at the market. Yeah. Off to go get my vaccine and flu shot. Off to go get my booster. Wednesday at noon? Like, what do you think is going to happen tomorrow, brother? Uh, and then... (laughs) Awake to a message that is... Brother. I can't. I can't. Brother, I can't move. Uh,
0: (laughs) Brother.
1: All right, well. (laughs) Brother may have some oats. Uh, Yeah. He's dead. He's dead. Both. He's not dead. He feels dead. Yeah, both at once. I
2: did it it too, but I I also had zero response to any of the shots, and so I was... uh, But I also made it for a Friday in case things... I, I finally met my vaccine maker, Uh, I mean, I guess they do say in theory that it's better to wait on the flu shot for like later in the season. So that like you have like your highest immunity, I guess, assuming that it's both highest immunity and also that they've when they do the dartboard of guessing what the flu is going to be, because if for some reason you haven't really gotten a flu shot, they don't really know which flu strain is going to take off in a season. They just go. Hopefully it's these and then they give you a shot that will hopefully uh, protect you against that. And I think it does like do like a base level, like you'll recover faster from whatever strain you end up getting. But it's also possible that they just guess wrong. (laughs) And just the one that goes goes around is not the one that you've gotten uh, in theory uh, protected against. Uh, But as you have just uh, uh, heard, uh, I am also joined uh, not just by the vaccine ghost of Rob Zachney, but uh, (laughs) our producer Ricardo Contreras. Hello, another producer, Renata Price.
3: Hello, it's. It, I'll be honest. Without without the dulcet tones of Zach of a zachney I've I've come in unsettled. I've come in off my off my footing. But I feel like I feel like we're bringing it back. I feel like <laughs> it's we're bringing. Also, it back.
1: you normally, Patrick, you usually do a countdown. You you enjoy doing a countdown, and this time there was there was nothing. You just hopped right Gym in. <laughs> it's true. I do normally like a countdown. It
2: sort of like sets my mind to like flip a switch of I'm going from Person I was before to personality Patrick. Uh, (laughs) For folks who have not done a podcast or done it for a long time, those are different people. Uh, You go into a different mode when you uh, have a microphone on, Uh, and so that is like just like a quiet way that I will usually do that for myself to just be like, okay, I'm putting on guest or host uh, hat, but I didn't. I just you know what? There's no time for this. I've you know got (laughs) to. Kid with hand foot and mouth, if you uh anyone out there oh, in the no. Waypoint Radio audience that
3: hand has
1: foot a child. Hand mouth?
2: Hand foot and It's just what it's called. Uh the hand foot and mouth is basically <laughs>
1: Damn. They're at a baby and they have hand, feet, and mouth.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh well you're hoping for that. Uh you know, that's, as a baseline. You're you're hoping you when they when they come out that <laughs> all right. Hand, feet, hand mouth? and mouth. <laughs> and yeah, having a mouth is a it's, it's a viral infection that uh in its best case scenario is just a mild grade fever with a couple of bumps uh in its worst case scenario uh, your children can lose their fingernails and toenails and it can spread to adults who uh. can, when adults get it ah. it's usually it's hard to get but they can get it and when they do get it you pretty much get the worst case scenario which is that you're uh how I imagine what it would be like to walk into Cato's apartment and ingest thousands of invisible wasps. Thousands. thousands. That's that's what that's what your throat <laughs> turns into when you have hand, foot, and mouth. Oh no! Uh, except in bump form, and then also you will lose. Your fingernails and your toenails.
3: So yeah, you get the wasp ah. eggs. You you go into Kata's house and breathe in all the wasp eggs, and then they and then they mm-hmm. emerge. in your that's how you get off hand, foot, and mouth.
2: especially from yeah. wasp um, eggs specifically. From wasp eggs. Uh, I have I have not on IKEA wood, or I don't think this might have been Walmart. I'm not sure. Um, uh, knock on cheap whatever this this material is made out of. Have not gotten it before, <laughs> and. My daughter, do- my 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 youngest, who is the one who has it, I we think he got it from a neighbor. Uh, it's just a fever, but the fever will just—if you've ever had a fever that lingers, where you can feel fine mm-hmm. for half a day, and then all of a sudden, oh damn, I feel like shit again, uh, because that fever just comes back. We we're just waiting for that to to break, and it has not. A thing that has broken. Uh, though, uh, and I wanted to bring this up because I don't, I don't know if you ended up actually writing a story on it quite yet, uh, Ren. But I, I imagine you have at least borne witness to it. Uh, yes, I'm overwatch for two comment. broken. Also, overwatch two. I'm hearing hates the poor, which is a yes. weird stance for Blizzard to take. But you know, it's 2022. You know, people are out here wilding, and so <laughs> I, you know, I guess Blizzard could be doing any number of things that would that would surprise me. What uh, what is happening in Overwatch two?
3: So Blizzard does hate the poor, uh, and also not just the poor, the fiscally the, the responsible, the uh, bitches who trust their Wi Fi. Blizzard, Blizzard, Blizzard is is going after a lot of people at once. So the current state of Overwatch Two is that the game released um, to a pretty massive server load um, of of genuine players, which caused. A can, some I cl- can I clarify issues. one
2: thing that I saw this morning? That uh, yeah. it's not that big of a deal, but it's very funny. That there is not a separate Overwatch Two client. You just no. download a patch that turns Overwatch into Overwatch yep. Two. Yeah, Overwatch which is 1 just, is dead. That's really funny. It's, at that. the end of the day, like logistically, probably makes more sense. But the, like, there's something very emblematic and humorous
1: to me it about broke, Overwatch Two being a patch for <laughs> Overwatch so it broke, One. <laughs> it broke rich presence on Discord. It still looks like Overwatch because it's the same exe. <laughs> It's also uh, (laughs) the fucked up part of it, Patrick, is that you cannot play
3: the video game that Overwatch 1 was anymore. So if you purchased the original Overwatch 1, that game no longer exists for you to play, which makes it doubly weird for the people who um, uh, purchased the game uh, and happen to use a prepaid phone plan. Uh, So if you bought Overwatch 1 and use a prepaid phone plan, you can no longer play the video game Overwatch because Blizzard has added an SMS authenticator that does not work with uh, some emphasis on some prepaid phones. Uh, I've been trying to um, journalism my way into figuring out which plans work and which ones don't
2: and why. I I just say at least this morning they have removed that requirement for the VAT. I think that the. This is like a really kind of a wishy-washy phrase, but the, something along the lines of the vast majority of existing Overwatch 1 players. Essentially, if you already jumped through the hoop of playing Overwatch 1, have an account, they're not going to ask you to have the SMS requirement, but that doesn't necessarily seem to resolve what are they going to do going forward. It's not necessarily as though they are dropping this SMS requirement. It's just, hey, we, we these existing players uh, who aren't, uh, potentially like complete nightmare players that we want to ban from playing the game. Cause I have to be like, is that what, is that what this is, a, so, is about? Like ultimately about controlling who is playing a free to play game and making SMS a logistical hoop, sort of like you can't use a Gmail account to register this. It's gotta be something personal because yeah. you could just register a million Gmail or Yahoo or Hotmail was the one back in the day that I remember was ripe for abuse.
3: The idea is that it's trying to make smurfing
2: uh, inconvenient. Smurfing?
3: Um, smurfing that is when mm-hmm. you um are, have a higher level player uh or a, a higher skilled player who is in like the higher matchmaking tiers making a new account so they are matched
2: with so they could just roast <laughs> yes <laughs> the, the, <laughs> this is
3: super common for streamers like yeah. this is this is what streamers do is that because they, they want the, they
2: want the stream to be more entertaining exactly and so it's more entertaining to beat up on Shitty players than it is to get your ass kicked on a stream.
3: Exactly. Like the like people don't want to watch someone sweat. People don't want to want to watch someone sweat out a fight, um, especially if like it's a personality-driven streamer. Yeah, and they so, want the no scope. Right. They want the no scope, but also they want the person to be talking while they no scope. Yes. Uh, and that is that requires a certain level of disengagement.
2: Uh, Where does the Smurf term come from? What is the why? Huh.
1: Smurf. What
2: is, I mean, I know what a Smurf. I've watched. Wait. I watched that when I was growing up. Uh,
3: Isn't it? Wait, Kata. I'm just gonna say this phrase to you and see if it activates your brain. Um, mm. Smurf buff scrub nerf. <laughs> no, smurfing existed before that phrase. I'm pretty sure. I know it. I know it does, <laughs> but I think it's very funny. It's a Patrick, very funny. the IKEA gamer catalog, the IKEA gamer uh, mm-hmm. setup has a live, laugh, love style. Mm-hmm. Um sign in it that says um oh god yeah smurf buff scrub nerf um next to the gaming pc which i've been thinking <laughs> about for many a year <laughs> this aside uh i believe smurfing comes from like i think it's just like trying to make yourself into a little guy trying to convince everyone you're just a little guy that well, that makes them make, am
2: okay all right that makes that makes the smurfs are tiny tiny creatures in yeah, a big world yeah and, and, believe and that. so I I that that tracks uh so, and, okay, go ahead.
3: I was going to say, this is a huge problem for a ton of competitive games. It's really frustrating to play against a Smurf. Um, or it it can be. I mean, as someone who plays a lot of Valorant, playing against a Smurf and Valorant is kind of a fucking nightmare because you are trying to. Can you play- sniff it out
2: immediately? Is it like oh, yeah, completely yeah. obvious? Okay. If
3: someone's dropping like 30 plus consistently. They are a smurf. Like I have uh I like my our friend of the site, Colin Joyce, will drop thirty plus consistently in a game, but that's just he's just built different. Um, and also he does have a couple of smurf accounts, so he can play. Oh shit. With, you're, you're, uh, you're, no, this is, no, this is known. This is known. He can't So, he can't so, so this with
2: is, so, but like this is such a problem to the degree that they find themselves punishing as has been, you know, essentially like the reason people have prepaid. Cellular plans is for, for, well, there are lots of reasons to have it, but one of the very like base level ones would be uh, data plans are exp- Maybe you are not on, like, lucky enough to be on a family plan or uh can afford like a month to month uh phone plan. And like, this is just one of the ways that I have access to a phone when I absolutely need it, but it is otherwise not part of my monthly financial yeah. calculation. And oh a lot my of people God. take that for, oh, did you figure out Smurfing? I
1: figured out where it came from and it's so much better than I thought. Hit us. Okay, hit me. Back in the nineties, when World Warcraft two, not World of Warcraft, Warcraft two was was at the height of its popularity, there were two specific players that people would regularly quit out of games because they were too good. Their usernames they 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 their usernames became well known, and so they decided to hide themselves by changing those usernames to Puffa Smurf and Smurfette. <laughs> So like all it they was did was change their usernames, right? They didn't make a That's new great. account, but they changed them and so now Smurf accounts became known as that just because of these two Warcraft, apparently, according to make make use of that. Makes sense. I love that the metaphor works.
2: Yeah. But also th- there's a there's a much more plausible story, which is that uh these it was actually it was, a community yeah. imagine, uh, born meme.
3: Imagine being Amazing. such a menace in any video game that people begin to, to create <laughs> yeah. a term around you. Yeah. That is, I mean, there's the, the version of
2: this that I would encounter, uh, when I was younger in arcades was you would have instances when you'd go walk to the street fighter machine or the mortal Kombat machine. And part of the way that you would, uh, you know, reserve your spot in line or like, say you want to be up next is like, you know, you put your quarters, right? Like you put your quarters up on the machine and like, that sort of like puts you in the queue. Um, and there'd be times where you would notice, oh, this is not a cue for people to be swapping in and out of the lineup. You're just lining up for the slaughter. There yeah. is just one player who is exceptionally good. And so if you notice that, you one would just walk away. Like, why would I don't want to play against <laughs> this person? Uh, and sometimes they, uh, some of the arcades, depending on the one you went to, but if it became common enough with a single person, like they would actually just ask the people to get off the machine because it was materially much was like for business, Blizzard yeah. saying, please <laughs> put in a phone number <laughs> so that they'll stop doing this. Like it, it was a it was they weren't hiding, but they were dominating to mm-hmm. such a degree that it was people didn't want it, weren't having a good time, which is right. then impacting the, the the material of the business infrastructure in a way that they had to quietly ask them, we'll give you some quarters, could you please go play something else so other people can hop on the machine? That like that actually that track, there is a, you know, not one-to-one, but like there is a lineage yeah. there where we arrive at uh, Overwatch punishing people I mean, who don't make enough money. I was going to say, play Overwatch.
3: <laughs> oddly enough, at your arcade, the thing that you didn't notice was afterwards they slapped the child and called them a dirty poor and said <laughs> that they're not allowed to use any of the machines anymore. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. So this SMS authenticator has been a huge problem. And then the other thing that has been uh, plaguing Overwatch 2 has been DDoS attacks because mm. uh, people are mad about Overwatch 2. Uh, to the point where they've been DDoSing the servers. Um, and that has gone down twice uh, on account of the DDoS attacks, in addition to the pretty serious server load of all of the new players jumping in. Uh, I've seen 8,000 player queues Um I saw 30,000. Yeah. I
2: saw a screenshot of, a. a, a, a and then I think this was the, the opening day when you saw a lot of anxiety from, uh, you know, like critics, reviewers, people who are assigned to the Overwatch beat in which they make their money by covering games like overwatch, you know, like a lot of players, especially if they're doing guide work, get assigned a game and you need to get in and play this game. And it is not as though you can just go off, go to offline mode with overwatch and just do something else while you wait for the servers to figure it out. And that's where I was seeing screenshots of like upwards of, of 30,000, which it's actually kind of uh, amazing. The game is programmed to even display that number. Oh, like God. instead of just capping it, like, Servers are overloaded, like, please come back. But, like, the, the game is willing to say, no. There is a world where you would want to wait in a queue of 30,000 players right, and MMO hope you thing. get in.
3: This is the MMO thing of, like, you convince that person, like, listen, there's only 165 people in front of you. 165 right, 165 is reasonable. Oh, that's time. like
2: 5, 10 minutes. I go, I'll go get a water, or right. watch a TV show, and, and wait.
1: But 30,000, like, <laughs> what, what, how do you even estimate time for exactly. yeah. something
2: at a scale like that?
1: it ended up only taking like 30 minutes but i think that those numbers are being borked because of the By ddos, DDoS. attack yeah, yeah. oh. part of the reason it's getting so high is that it there weren't that many people waiting there were that many people mm-hmm, fake mm-hmm. waiting
2: that makes that makes a lot of sense cuz yeah i what,
1: I was kind of surprised. Wait, did, you I, I, play, did you actually
2: play? Did you play the game? No, I mean that's an, <laughs> no.
1: I mean, I saw the number at. 20, you waited in the waited in the queue, or just you knew people that waited thirty minutes. No, no, no. I I waited in the queue for like thirty minutes because I was doing something else, anyways. But then I okay. got in, and then uh, I mean, and I own that point. I you having, you would have to play one. Overwatch 2. Yeah, you know? at that point, I would have <laughs> to actually play a game. Uh, you have I to play Overwatch
3: 2, and no one wants to do that.
1: I fucking logged in and went to go look at. Uh, you know, my, see what skins like I had, I, had, I had, like forgotten. Never, I've never, I haven't played in a very long time, but I noticed that I, I don't have like any of the heroes unlocked, which is bizarre. Cause I owned overwatch one. And I'm pretty sure I paid for it. It was a long time ago. I played 30 hours of that game. Uh, and half, most of the roster, honestly, was just like un- unpickable, including most of my mains were unpickable to me. Um, And I don't know if that was a glitch, because I heard, apparently, like, other people that had owned Overwatch, like, logged in, and they had everything unlocked already, which is what they said would happen. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I don't understand why I didn't have that. And then I ended up not playing. I was just being like, okay, well, never mind. That feels, that
2: (laughs) does feel like, that feels like launch, like, Yeah, I hope so.
1: I'm curious. Uh, I'm curious. It's happened to a couple other people I know that had Overwatch 1 and just didn't have access, so... The, uh, there's one last
3: thing on the overwatch players are mad beat yeah please uh the game's uh economy uh for unlocking new skins is astounding
2: well, there's an economy for unlocking skins and heroes right um are those on separate tracks or like let's say you're a new player yes. yeah right do you want to like kind of broadly explain all of that and then explain why the skins when fucked?
3: So, the, new pl- the true new player experience has you doing a bunch of challenges, and as you do all of these challenges, you will unlock the entirety of the game's original main cast.
2: This challenge is like, do this move six times, or,
1: like, what, what exactly does that mean?
3: Uh, no, God, they're, they're the weekly
1: challenges, right? No. Oh. No. Oh, okay. the hero, there's hero challenges, which are specific to that hero, yes. and it's just play a certain amount of games. Once you gotcha. hit five yes. games, you unlock, again, I mean, Genji's one of the base ones, I think. Uh, you unlock D.Va. Once you play, like, I think, here's the thing, though, is that it's like, basically, you get a new character every 10 games uh, mm-hmm. until you hit 150. So at 150, you will have unlocked, 150 games, you will have unlocked everyone from the original roster. Then,
3: the new heroes are on the battle pass. Um, are currently on like on the on a battle pass track is the is the plan? That's how they're going to be released.
2: Uh, and, and the, the, is is it similar where like there's a free battle pass and then a premium yes. battle pass? Free and okay. premium, yes.
3: And the premium battle pass costs one thousand points. Uh, you can get based on just playing the video game. Uh, I believe you can get ninety points a week. Cool. So. So pretty much you should pay. Yeah, you should. You, yeah. you have to pay. This also skins cost uh, upwards of uh, nineteen hundred points, and so if you want to grind out a skin, we are talking multiple months of play in order to get a a single specific skin uh, that that is a legendary skin, or you have to drop twenty bucks. Um, mm. it's it is a pretty
2: egregious. Um, it seems like one of those uh see how, see how far you can push the economy yes. from the start when people are excited and then we're do, uh you know like I'm trying to delete I'm trying to delete I'm trying to delete <laughs> uh uh and then and then you massage that. But but it's kind of I mean it certainly speaks to the broader screw up that is Overwatch as a property like right. from top top to bottom that they would not have a better handle on they, they shouldn't be in a position, like, I think there's a lot of sympathy granted to, that has been, I think, er- eroded over time with, with like, 343 and Halo, in which, hey, never run Halo as a live service game, gonna have bumps, gonna have to figure it out as you go along, see what the community wants, what the dynamics are, took them, doesn't seem like they've ever really figured that out, um uh but Blizzard doesn't have the same sort of leash, like, you've been running a live service right. game, yes, that it wasn't free to play, but... there's enough data out there that you should know Overwatch 2 is not a new game you know it's dropping into a very mature market with a lot of competitors that have it's it's seemingly things that you could just copy and people would be happy with it or happier
3: yeah I mean like it is this is all in addition to the gameplay changes which a lot of people are pissed about like it is we're talking about L's on every level we're talking about technical L's. we're talking about structural L's. we're talking about content L's. it is it is it is astounding uh how thoroughly this launch has like taken the wind out of the sails of what was supposed to be like overwatch's big second chance because like to, to put this into context for for folks Blizzard stopped supporting Overwatch One and stopped like creating a lot of content for it, so they could focus their resources on Overwatch Two, uh, and then to have re- to release Overwatch Two after dropping support for Overwatch One and having it be for the majority of people, for many people, a demonstrably worse experience is a it's an astounding um, unforced error.
2: How long until Overwatch Classic? where I can, I can just I can just launch into <laughs> old Overwatch and and just play it. I feel like that's not off the off the table at some point the way they did with World of Warcraft.
3: <laughs> that's your Overwatch update.
2: All right, well, Overwatch is fucked. Uh we knew that before. Uh we know it now. So, uh and I think it's probably telling that neither of you have played it. <laughs> no. Uh elsewhere, uh CD Projekt Red, a also a company that has had uh many Bumps in the road, uh, specifically with the launch of, uh, Cyberpunk 2077, which we are, it's wild to think that we are coming up on two years of that in December. Uh, but, you know, they've, they've kind of been plugging along, you know, kind of updating that game, not necessarily in line with the vision they presented at things like the incredible E3 demos I saw over the years, but certainly closer to, uh, I don't know, like, so, not quite somewhere in the middle, but c- c- closer along on the on the spectrum. And they, uh, CD Projekt Red is a publicly traded company, which means they have to do like shareholders reports and things like that. They are they're both a developer and a and a publisher. Um, and they did something c- kind of remarkable this past week, which you can either look as, uh, from from one direction of radical transparency that the video game industry would be better suited in. Uh, posturing towards and a world in which be more honest about what's going on and what you're thinking instead of pretending everything's a secret uh, and sort of uh, leaving players in the dark. Or you could look at it as we really need to pump up shareholder confidence. And so what better way to do that than say, we're going to make five Witcher games in the next decade. You want a Witcher game? You get more than one. You can have five. Uh, And so they, They announced that they are working on a number of things. Uh, for one, a brand new IP, which would be... It's interesting. It, it's the first new IP they've done. Like, they didn't own Cyberpunk. They didn't own The Witcher. Um, and so, this, like, weirdly, is the first time that, that CD Projekt Red is doing their own thing. There's no release date attached to that. That is probably, you know, seven, eight years off. That is probably really, really, really long down the road. Uh, they announced... Uh, a proper sequel to Cyberpunk, which I think some people thought maybe wasn't going to be the case once Cyberpunk was revealed to not have multiple big expansions. It was just going to have one. And the thought was, well, they're just going to move all the resources on to The Witcher, uh, and that'll be the end of Cyberpunk as a franchise. But they are doing a proper sequel called Orion uh, that is going to be not developed uh, in their, like, base studio, but as part of a new studio in Boston, I believe, is where, like, most of that development is supposed to occur. Uh, they announced a new Witcher game uh that has a codename uh Sirius uh, that is part of a trilogy the first game is going to come out in like the next 3 years and then they will release back to back the plan is a sequel 3 years after that and then a sequel 3 years after that so like roughly a 10 year plan for Witcher there is a third party there's a, a an external Witcher game also being developed and then there's uh the 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 uh the uh the other game from the Blood in the... Oh, what is that game? Um, from the developer that they acquired.
1: Uh, was remember. it... Wait, was it the DLC? Flood. Flood in... Oh, we did this before. Fire and the then the Flood?
2: remember what the name was. Huh?
3: Is there, Are you trying to name a studio or a specific a game.
2: It's a game. They acquired a studio that is... Okay. Oh, uh... Da, da, da. Flame in the Flood? Flame in the Flood. They acquired that studio. And they are working Built on different.
1: as well. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So
2: that's a lot. Um it's uh a pretty again, like I said, a pretty audacious to announce all of that at once. It's a very uh Kevin Feige of Marvel's standing on a stage and being like, Here are the movies we are making for the next four to five years. Uh it seems like kind of a playbook out of that. Uh but it's it's odd. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what to make of it other than th- there's a lot of potential disappointment in this.
3: Yeah. I mean, listen, not, not enough people are saying this. You can just say anything. You can mm-hmm. walk up to a microphone and put a PowerPoint on and you can put any words and letters you want together. And yeah. like someone's got to listen to you. And in this case, shareholders, it, this information went into their ears. Uh, and a lot of this information went into all of our eyes. And I, I, we can't stop them. But do we have to believe them? No. No. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. No, no. Uh but they did say it, so you know.
2: It's true. They did say it. Uh and I do like that like I am in favor of a world in which companies are like, yeah, this is kind of what we're playing like thinking about, you know, here we go. And Ubisoft did that with Assassin's Creed recently, where they announced a bunch of games and uh one of them was like just art the same sort of thing, just artwork. like, I don't know. Gonna be in japan i guess don't worry about it we'll show you later it's <laughs> so, okay
3: i guess that for me like the business side transparency doesn't feel like transparency to me and i'm just no. i'm just interested in the dev side transparency honestly and right. being like oh cool what does this project look like um and so like shit like this almost makes me worried that we're going to get even less from the actual in development processes, because like this is all to assuage the fears of shareholders and like showing shareholders in progress games from what I understand is a huge risk because they do not understand what video games look like and are like, that looks really bad. Um, And so I, I I get concerned because also like the other thing about uh, the Kevin Feige example is that we don't get like, like set photos from Marvel films. Really, like you'll get a handful of people like in a room, but like
2: there's leaks like there's you know, there's right. like stuff that gets passed around fans like folks who, you know, live near a set or, or something like that. But yeah, in terms of a f- like formal, like you don't really see anything until they're ready to show a trailer. And at, at most you'll get like the, the level of secrecy is if there's a fan event it's like, oh, you get to see the trailer, but the visual effects aren't done. And then it'll be on YouTube in, you know, three months or, or whatever. And that's not really I don't know if I'd call that transparency. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> That's just marketing. And I think right. that's probably that's what this is. Like this is this is marketing in which it's it's trying to assuage fans who uh are a little, you know, worried about the direction of the, the studio. They're also there one of their co-founders, uh, whose name escapes me, uh, is stepping down. Uh you could look at that as a potentially encouraging sign. Um, if you know you the development of cyberpunk was bad and exploitative and in favor of getting a dollar before the health of the employees who were grinding on that game, regardless of how you feel about how it came out or where, (laughs) where it's settled now. Uh, You know, I I don't know that this sort of transparency translates to, and also we're going to treat the workers really well. Um, You know, they've done a lot of public facing stuff like putting out videos saying like, you know, we understand like we're, we're changing our work culture. Uh, But it's like one thing to change a culture or to say, you're going to change a culture and it's another to do it. And then it's hard not to be worried about a company that says, you know, last time we bit off more than we could chew. And we kind of grinded our employees into dust to try and uh, deliver that. We're acknowledging that was bad. Also, we're working on seven or eight games right now, which is a lot more than the studio was doing before. In which we kind of just worked on one at a time, yeah. <laughs> kind of, you know, like those, those. Are not, granted, there's like studio expansions. That I'm sure they're going to go on a hiring spree. Cyberpunk made a shitload of money, uh, but those don't necessarily go hand in hand with. We would like to be more ambitious than ever before, uh, and also treat our workers with respect. I don't, uh, you know. Listen, we'll, we'll have to see.
3: Last time we did last time we did uh bite off more with him can chew. This time we have pr- correctly portioned a 15 course
2: meal. Uh, and we will be, <laughs> we will
3: be doing that
2: now.
0: Uh, before like, we ate a turkey doing? leg.
2: Now we're eating the whole Turkey. Um, yeah. we've expanded our stomachs and our throats and we're just going to shove it down. Uh,
1: Witcher, so, we'll see. Uh, th- oh, go ahead, Which Witcher 3 took three and a half years to make, and they're going to do two sequels back-to-back three years apart? <laughs>
2: like- uh, yeah, that's, seems, that uh, you know, seems... I mean, I think this has,
1: gotten a, this has gotten a
2: little muddled in how they presented it, in which it's like, the first game could take anywhere from three to four years from right now. Right. And then the, the idea is, it's three years after that, and then three years after. So, it's... It's been presented by some people as like, oh, they're making three games in six years. It's like, no, they're making two games in six years. Now, a lot of this is is they're doing a big transition to, to UE5, and the thought is they are uh, um, among uh, a number of studios that are just giving up on doing their own tech because it's a pain in the ass and just hoping that Unreal Engine will streamline some of that process. That seems like a big bet when you haven't built a game yeah. I- using those new processes yet, so you know it's like just really easy to look at this as a bunch of promises for games that might not ever ship uh uh-huh. and i don't know if that helps them or hurts them i mean it helps them now because it looks it's a shiny object but i don't know that it necessarily translates into a bunch of games that we'll be playing in i don't know if we'll be playing any of these in 5 years <laughs> cyberpunk
1: took 9 years of development Yes. It was, was trouble, is, but... that, is, that,
2: well, is that including the two years that essentially it's taken <laughs> right. to get to today? No, yeah. it hasn't. That would be, no, that would we're be 11. We're at cool. 11. Cool, Because <laughs> I would include, I would I would essentially include the last two years as active. Like, there are patches to respond to player feedback and then there is we shipped a fundamentally broken game that was taken down by storefronts and forced companies like Sony that don't like to give refunds and want to tell you fuck you to your wallet to actually give people their money back. Like, that's when you, that's when you, <laughs> that's when you fucked that's up. you um, know.
3: Also, all those updates are still putting content in. That's the yes. other thing. like, those are bug fixes, but also they're yes. like. Features. We are, we are putting in, uh, uh, 44 additional, uh, side quests. And you're like, wow, that's, that's a big number. Yeah, There's have... sure
1: a lot of side quests. That's, <laughs> hey, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Where were those guys?
2: Yeah. Yeah. This is, yeah, this is, this is, uh. There's a different the, 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 treating uh, Cyberpunk is a live service game. That's not that's a that's not exactly the pinch uh, that people thought they were they were buying into. And yet, I'm probably gonna start playing that game pretty soon. Yeah, yeah, I thought
3: about it. The Resurgence is interesting. I mean, I watched the last two episodes of that anime with my roommate, and I was like, "This is well made. I can see how Wait, it is." Tricked. Just the last t- two. Yeah, I was. I listen. I'll I'll watch two episodes of a show. It what was on the TV. The fuck, <laughs> you can't stop me. Um,
1: Jesus,
0: I was like, this show's
3: well I, made. I, I, Trigger's I great could. at this. Um, Trigger's good at that. Trigger's great. It's a great trigger anime. They are completely on their bullshit, and in a way that I was like, oh yeah, cool. This is making a good pitch for what cyberpunk is. Great. Um, and then I looked at the video again. and Was like, that's sixty dollars, and I can't get that one expensed. No. No, I won't. I have 45 Uh, Steam demos to play. No. (laughs)
2: Uh, Well, that is a good transition point. Uh, This week, Kato and I hopped on the Lightning Express, uh, revisited a a really fun demo. Uh, That's too slow. That is not the Lightning Express. (laughs) They would not make... That noise. Wait. So,
3: so wait, that choo-choo was too slow. So you're looking for like a choo-choo,
2: choo-choo. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. That is the lightning express that uh, Kado and I, well, I don't know, I guess just me, Kato got on the wrong tracks. like, Kato, yes. Kato was like went the other way. But we, over the summer, did uh, a series of streams where we played Xbox demos and Steam demos um, as part of various sort of like these demo uh, kind of marketing campaigns, which developers put on some... Like, b- b- increasingly polished, but sometimes just, I don't know. Here's what it looks like. Put it on your wish list. Uh, yeah. uh, campaigns that happen. It's really cool. I highly encourage people to check it out. When we talk about transparency, it's not sci- it's not CD Projekt Red putting mm-hmm. up a PowerPoint that says, I don't know, here's some games we might make. Like, this shit is where you see developers, like, actually being transparent about, like, where they are in the development processes and trying to both get feedback and interest in what they're working on. And so we did... Uh, A stream where we played a bunch of games, but uh, Ren, you also said uh, you played a bunch of games. Is there one? We'll do a lightning round here. Uh, What's one that you played that you really liked?
3: One that I played that I really liked? Well, we'll we'll do round robin. You do one and then
2: I'll do one. uh, Kado can do one and I'll do one.
3: Uh, I really, really liked the Deadeye Deepfake Simulacrum demo. Um, That was one of the four uh, top-down shooters that I played, but Deadeye Deepfake Simulacrum is one of the best cyberpunk games I've ever engaged with. It is extremely sick. Can you drop a, a Steam yes, link in the I chat
2: can. So, we can, so we can see it while you're...
3: Yes. Dead I Deep Deepfake Simulacrum is a top-down uh, cyberpunk game that is, one, it's coming out next week, which I'm very excited about. Uh, mm-hmm. Two, it is uh, really simple art style. But the combat and, like, mechanics are really engaging. It's one of those games that actually wants you to, to hack shit. Um, uh, and by that I mean you have to pull up a terminal and type things, like, type command prompts Fuck. into a terminal. Yes! And it wants you to do that. Whoa, 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 It wants you to do that while in the middle of fights. With, uh... <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> with enemies. Um... And also all of these like different cybernetic powers it is extremely extremely cool um really hard it feels how much, like how
2: much of this so to paint a picture for people uh i mean this this the the u i is mm-hmm. it, it really does look like you're looking at like i don't know a computer matrix of like different there's different data sets there yes. is di- the, you know you you have a, a command terminal you also have like uh, an, a map screen and then you have like a network graph, which is clearly like must be looking at mm-hmm. like, the network of cameras that you're hacking into. How much, how much of this is signal and noise? Like how much of this is aesthetic and how much of this is, uh, this is stuff I'm paying attention to is meaningful to everything I'm doing at any given, given moment.
3: I would say that your abilities, uh, the things in the top left, things like slug snacks, instant rewind in the world, you sl- Slu- ex- Sorry, slug snacks, so, yeah I need slug, a slug okay. snacks
2: is that, is that like smurfing slug
3: snacks <laughs> slug does snacks does smurf eat eat a slug snack <laughs> um so a slug so slug is the ability to slow down time in this setting All right. so if you have say for example I'm looking at this uh, screenshot right now 18.06 slug that is basically 18 seconds worth of time dilation that you can do alright um so you can go into bullet time for 18 seconds um Things like uh, your abilities, yes. Um, the weapon that you have, yes. Um, but you don't need those stats. Like you're not like in a fight having to worry. Oh, is the speed on this going to be forty six point eight five? Right. Unless you run out of ammo and you pick up a new weapon, and you're like, okay, cool. What the fuck is this weapon I just picked up? Because all of the weapons are procedurally generated. So you're like picking up a weapon and being like. What is this? What does it shoot? Mm. How does it shoot it? Uh, and if you look over on the side of the screen, you can be like, okay, let me scan all this information really quickly. Okay, that's how fast it shoots. That it's, that's its damage. That's its recoil. Okay, I can work with this. Let's go. Um, so you can do that. Uh, and then finally, uh, your like actual character stats are the current speed which you are moving at. Um <laughs> Wait, wait like the like the momentum yes 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 yes, yes your velocity is it
2: like velocity or momentum like it is, i guess it's all like sort of like switching in real time like your it's
3: your velocity okay. um which is useful because some some of the game's shell so sorry they're called skeletons uh skeletons are your body so you're also mm-hmm. buying new bodies uh with money to be like okay i like the stats on this cybernetic body a little bit more um okay. And you are like installing yourself into that instead. And so it's this like really engaging. um, I would say that the the best comparison I can give is it's like Heat Signature crossed with Cyberpunk. Uh, Heat Signature, for those uh, who are unfamiliar with it, was a uh, ship stealing game released a few years back. uh, Which also has a lot of like time slowdown stuff that is absolutely phenomenal. I really love Heat Signature. It's great um i recommend it wholeheartedly uh and this feels like that but with a bunch of cyberpunk and also like some pretty engaging narrative hooks um the your ai handler uh is uh, certainly has a personality uh and and is kind of unsettling and if you watch the trailer for the game there are moments where instead of the like com- like computer esque sprites that you see on screen there are things like giant writhing masses of eyes and you're like mm. okay cool this game is going to go interesting places with what it is doing um with its like narrative and like w- w- aesthetic uh in a way that i find really exciting uh, and i want to uh see where it goes um, I'm, I'm really i enjoy this
2: tagline confront the future and die trying Good for
1: yeah.
2: you. <laughs> uh, all right, that's Dead Eye Defake uh, Simula, Sim, Sim, Simulacrum. Simulacrum. Okay. Yes. Kato, uh, what, uh what, 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 did, what did you play of that? Uh, either on stream or if there was one you tried elsewhere that you really liked.
1: Uh, shit. What did I play on stream? Well, we played Dredge, which was interesting. Um, mm-hmm. A uh, sort of a, a fishing game where you've crashed your ship on the way into a, a new job uh and i feel like you died i feel i think this is <laughs> i think this is a whole like uh-huh. purgatory situation or some shit but basically the mayor of the town that you like crash into
2: good to know good to know that when you when you die you just end up in debt again yeah um yeah. <laughs> so the afterlife is not a more equitable fair place it's Just a spiritual transfer of yeah. debt.
1: You immediately get it put into a uh, Tom Nook situation of like, here, have this boat, but also you have to pay off this boat. So go fish and sell your fish at market. Um, uh, but it also has um, uh, a, a, a like panic meter, which I did. I didn't get to go off because uh, I, we like ran out of time, but. Uh, you know, we were, we were, we're definitely pre- trying to get the panic meter to, to go to off, go and off. The, the
2: eye was losing it. It was, um, it was. But then the sun came up, and um, we, you know, as 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 we all do, the sun comes up, and our our sanity meter goes down. Yeah,
1: that's how that <laughs> works. Um, uh, but there's like, there's definitely something kind of off about everyone you talk to in a way where like, I'm I'm interested in going back into that one to to see what's happening mm-hmm. in that space and the the like mini game of actually fishing is is pretty simple but fun and then you end up doing a sort of like tetrising of, of all the fish which uh if, if you've ever enjoyed flipping around uh items in the cache uh, the 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 briefcase for uh resident evil games this this is let me tell you this is the game for you which I am that person I spent way too much time making sure everything fit not just in a good way but in an aesthetically pleasing way, um, mm-hmm. and so yeah that that's kind of the the gist of we got what we got in the fifteen minutes I was playing and I'm, I, I am interested in going back and finishing that demo though so we'll see what else there is if I can make myself panic uh, and whether or not there's yeah, I'm curious, yeah well there was
2: the trailer implied tentacle monsters in the in the ocean some great uh, so i'm i'm curious to see what exactly uh that is uh a game i really liked uh rhythm sprout uh which is a uh as you might uh gather uh is a is a, a music rhythm game uh or as but it's it's a music rhythm game in which it's the 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 music genre is chill beats to fight RPG enemies too. So the the music is way more akin to uh, something you'd get if you were listening to, you know, lo-fi hip hop or like any others uh, sort of like variants of that that you will find on, uh, well, I guess largely on YouTube, but sometimes on, on music services, you know, where you can just listen to uh, kind of chill, largely repetitive music that kind of just exists in the background as, as kind of a form of like very pleasant white noise. And, Rhythm sprout adopts that for a music rhythm game where you have a note chart and you know it's equivalent, it's colored and that's mapped to different buttons on your keyboard or on a on a gamepad but I I found like music is really difficult to nail in games like this uh and a lot of it then comes down to like the licensing tracks or original tracks it's just it's just really challenging to do uh and I found this to be a really novel approach in terms of the music selection i thought it was awesome i'm not saying that doing lo-fi style music is easy by any means but uh it like it changes the approach for i'm sure the 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 composers and, and the designers and i don't know it, just, it really worked here the the beats are good i was bopping to them uh and they were really fun to do the note charts with and it actually made for the levels the levels didn't feel all that long. They felt like roughly how like a 3 to 5 minute song would be in a in a typical music game, but they could be longer and they wouldn't feel repetitive in the same way because either the lack of lyrics or just the nature of this sort of uh this sort of music uh just lends itself to I don't know, a different vibe. I think it's very good. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I'm I'm curious to play it on harder difficulty levels. Part of the issue I sometimes have with music rhythm games is uh On the easier difficulties, it sort of abstracts the song relative to sort of the beats that it might be going along to. I prefer my music games to have their note charts like pretty literal with the beats. That's kind of like how I internalize it and then map it from my brain to my fingers. And I think they do a pretty good job on the normal mode but there is There is like a hard mode and it just wasn't unlocked in the demo. And there's a good chance that the hard version might be the one that I ultimately prefer because it'll be a little closer to what you're hearing uh, through your ears and then kind of map to your fingers. But uh, that is Rhythm Sprout uh, and I think it's extremely good. And I guess here it says it's coming out uh, early 2023. Uh, continuing the line of uh, good uh, sort of tags for a video game, can you stop King Sugar Daddy? I don't know. <laughs> I'll try next year. Uh, Ren, hello. What's let's do? Uh, let's do another round.
3: Uh, so another game that I played and I'm at least interested in was After Dream, which was a short horror game, uh, like a short horror demo. Uh, that uh, the the pitch on the Steam story front is: get lost in a lucid dream, bending the lines between reality and fiction. Uh, and basically, it is a side-scrolling uh, adventure horror game uh, in which you're using a camera to bring objects into reality. Um, so you like walk around, you do adventure game stuff and you go into this camera mode where you can fatal frame ask, look at things and take photos of them. And when you take those photos, they like come into the, into the real world. And I think the game has a really gripping art style. Um, it begins in a like silent hill esque uh, hotel where like everything is that specific style of gross. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and is uh, everyone just
2: pretending that it's everything's fine? Yes. No, no, it's we don't we don't live in a decaying <laughs> nightmare.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yes, the, so the 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 demo has you do a favor, not a favor for someone. Basically, you go to this guy's like, "Hey, can you get us some food?" And your character's like, "Can I get you some what?" And he's like, "Yeah, can you get us some food? We'll eat anything." And you're like, "You'll do what?" And he's like, "No, you, we will eat anything." uh and then basically you go through and fill this jar with just some troubling materials (laughs) um i would say and then you give them to them and they're like all right cool munch 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 thanks uh eating a jar full of like cockroaches and like rot um and it is it is it is unsettling i think relatively well done uh i am interested to play this game when it comes out um i think it handles um i think it manages to pull off its tone well um which i think is difficult for horror games which are like embracing uh the silent hill aesthetic uh it's very easy for them to fall into corniness and i think that this is doing mm-hmm. an okay job
2: very cool all right that's after dream uh steam says it's coming out march 15th next year uh kato what else? I've uh, can I nominate one for you?
1: Uh, sure. I mean, I th- I think I was probably going to go there anyways. Okay. Well, friends versus friends. Friends versus friends. Yeah, <laughs> that's the. Okay. That's All I right. was gonna... Yes. Uh, yes.
2: Please proceed. Please proceed. Got it.
1: So, friends versus friends, is a uh, multiplayer shooter, which ha- also has surprise. It has cards. Uh, therefore (laughs) i i decided to look into it had a really uh really really cool looking um trailer pop-up when was that uh i think that was during
2: the e3 gauntlet like it was during one of the uh many trailer segments we were watching back in back in june um but it had a very striking trailer and also then cards appeared
1: and we went well, <laughs> uh, what? Okay. Yes. Uh, yeah, it had a very uh, very brightly colored animated trailer uh, that uh, it was kind of hard to parse exactly what the kind of game it was going right. to be, unfortunately. But then there was like a small gameplay section like right near the end. And it's like, oh, it's a first person shooter, um, but also you have cards. And essentially what it boils down to is you, you can build a deck and... Um, these cards are essentially abilities that you get and you get a hand of a specific amount of cards every like round. And the way that the one V one version that we played at least uh, plays out is uh, it's best it's first to three. Um, and there's different, you know, there's different kinds of cards. There's uh, cards that uh, debuff your, your enemy. So like one of them is uh, yeah, make, you can make your enemy really, really slow um, They got like, it can be used from a distance, their- right?
2: It doesn't, re- doesn't require you like yeah. tagging them or like even being in sight. Like you can, and one of the really good ones is uh, it like it messes with the size of their head. Yeah. So it's like if you want to make headshots easier, it just enlarges. You just I think, get, is it like can- their brain there's leaks two. out of their head? Yeah, there's two of okay. them. One of
1: them is... Uh, brain explosion, which that your I made your brain just pop out the top, which made, let me deal <laughs> extra easy and super easy. Oh, so it's like, it like a crit, like a crit on top of a crit. Yes, exactly. Uh, and then there's a, there's another that's just like big head mode, like in whatever other video game has a big head mode, right? Um, but it matters because uh, uh, headshots do more damage. Um, and so each turn you use these cards and. Uh, Next time, the next uh, round you only get like a draw of three, and you can hold up to five. So like, there's a little bit of a a, a a a you know a game there in holding, like deciding what to hold back for for later rounds, since it's first to three, and like which when it's when it's the right time to use your big. Um... <laughs> there's a nuke which I thought well, was gonna. I would say there's a literal <laughs> big
2: one if you're if that if that if that is in your transition. Yeah, there's there's one that turns you into a. To a giant. Yeah. I, I. There was a great moment where Kato turned themselves into a giant version of themselves. And then I, you can execute a bullet time. Yes. Uh, sort of like a, a time dilation, slowdown, a mechanic. And it applies to both players, obviously. But the other player doesn't know it's about to happen. <laughs> and so Kato <laughs> totally threw made me themselves up. big. And then I, I threw was like, down. Why am I so a, slow?
1: I'm so big and yeah, slow. A,
2: <laughs> yeah. And so like, if you don't have your reticle in the right spot, it's like. You, there's no chance you're gonna be able to move yeah. it uh, in order to, to get a shot off and so it worked out well for me because he was big which meant his head was exposed so he's enormous and then I lay down the, the time dilation card and then I'm able to just pop, 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 pop a bunch of shots to his head uh, and then Kaiju hit the bricks Yeah, uh, it a, did not last long
1: very funny uh, dog wearing a, somebody said it was a shadow run shirt uh, the the art style sure. for this game is is pretty cool. I I, I really enjoy it. Um, yeah, it's it's like cart it's
2: it's cartoonish with I don't know. It's like it's like pixelated stylings. I'm like I'm struggling with the words to explain exactly like how you would.
1: Yeah, it's like more. It's it's almost, ha- like, it's it's almost th- like a th- like a 3D 16-bit sort of <laughs> like thing going yeah.
2: on. Um, like these dithered textures, like a lot, you know, where you can't like quite read all of the. Uh, the text on it um it's it's like borderlands adjacent but like in a way that's like really complementary to like you know like they're going off on their own style yeah. like but yeah. you can you can see some commonality there um it's really striking to to look at yeah
1: and yeah it seems really neat i'm curious to how the uh there's apparently also a 2v2 version in the mm-hmm. in the full game so i'm curious how that plays out and
2: what well, uh, you,
1: exp- you should explain.
2: You should explain how the nukes work.
1: Oh yeah, the the nuke, which I thought surely this was gonna kill uh, the enemy. It's just like a win button. But what it actually does is it destroys the the map that you're playing on. And it just makes it a giant <laughs> like crater. Um, but then uh, what we learned is that if you do two nukes, you destroy the entire planet you're on, and now you're in space, which is very funny. There's there's lots of like moments of just like uh good good humor that that uh this this game and its aesthetics are are leaning into
2: uh yeah and uh Kata, you and I went to space and neither of us hit the jump no
1: neither of us hit the jump button cuz we were too busy oh the physics shooting. are different
2: yeah that would make sense <laughs> that would make like i I've, I've seen videos of people yeah. in the moon area there's like a whole like you can like jump off and there are cars and stuff. Oh like my God. the layout is completely Uh, We were were like
1: facing each other in an open space and both decided to just cut each other down. The worst,
2: (laughs) the worst. All right, I'll do one more before we uh, hit uh, a break. We'll revisit some of these. This is going on all week, and so there are more games I want to talk about, but um, we'll save some of those for for Monday. The last one I want to uh, shout out is going to be uh, Storyteller. Uh, This was also like a real highlight of... Our stream, Storyteller is a game that I guess has been in development for the better part of a decade. People were talking about playing demos of it at PAX 2012. Oh, my God. Um, You know, not uncommon for a game to, if it's, I don't know the nature of this one, whether it's like had a trouble development or it's just been a, like a tiny side project for a developer for a long time. But uh sure, like the version we played off of Steam, it feels really polished. It's coming, being published by Annapurna. Um, so I gotta imagine this is actually on a track to to coming out. Storyteller is a game in which you have you open a book, you are given a prompt such as uh, was it like Edgar kill Ed, Edgar killed by was it Bruno? what was the do you remember the Baron Baron um, And so like okay well well, how do I accomplish that? Well, there are these story panels and these in these story panels, you have different characters and settings. Uh, underneath those panels. And as you drag one of those onto a panel, it creates that setting or drops a character into that setting. And so what you're trying to do is use these different objects and settings to create consequences for future settings. And so you will, like, let's say, uh, you will set down in the first, there's three panels. In the first panel, you're going to put down uh, a proposal. Like, that's what the setting is called. And that is uh, two people falling in love uh, getting to, uh, so you put the proposal uh, setting down, you put down let's say a character named Edgar and then you know uh, the girl named Amelia and you you put her down and then they're in love and they're married and then in the next panel uh, you can have uh, another proposal and it is Amelia on one side and Baron on the other. And Amelia will ex- explains not to you know in in graphical form, uh, Baron's heart is broken because he's realizing that Amelia's already married to Edgar. And so you have set up in these two panels heartbreak. Uh, and then in the third panel you can, uh, there's like a gravestone and then you can drag a character onto the gravestone so that Edgar is dead. And then you put Baron over the, you know, looking over the grave. Uh, <laughs> and then, you know, like that is implied that he is, he has killed him. It's like a little, there's a little more to it than that, but like that is like the kinds of things you were dealing with. There's like an Adam and Eve section. There's ones where it get more complicated. where you have like six panels and you're dealing with like Dracula. Um, and there are the, – the solutions are not always straightforward – or there there is sort of a straightforward solution based on the prompt. And then you can arrive at solutions both faster than the game intends you to. So if there are six panels, you don't have to use them all. Um, can, but you don't have to. Um, or you can get solutions that are uh, – there are solutions that like fill the prompt and then solutions that fill the story beat that it's pulling from. And you'll get achievements for – like fulfilling the story that it's pulling from by enacting it in the panels. And we didn't get to this. But then there are I uh, think that like like gesture challenges, yeah. which are much more difficult prompts for the player to pull off that are using the same tools, the same panels on um, the same objects and characters. And then can you pull this off? And I think uh I forget exactly one of the prompts that uh people gave, but it was like, you know, like uh, baron kills edgar twice or something like that and you have to like find a way to manipulate that scenario into existence like in the adam and eve one uh there is one where it's you know not just like being tempted by an apple yada yada there's one where you kill eve by having adam give her like four apples and she gets a horrible tummy ache <laughs> um so that, like these are the scenarios that are playing out in the game it's really like the the artwork is Utterly charming. It allows for, like, these darkly humorous scenarios to, yeah. like, just... They look wonderful. It just, it just seems like this game is going to be fucking awesome when it comes out. Like, you, it's a demo like this. You're just like, cool, I'm good. I don't want to... Just let me know when the game's out. Don't need to know any more about what's going on here. <laughs> um, and seeing how complicated the prompts got, um, even in, like, the normal yeah. uh, sort of arc of the challenge was was a delight to see. So that is... Uh, Storyteller um, doesn't seem to have a release date yet, but that demo was extremely polished, and so that seems like something we'll be playing if not uh, this year, then something uh, sooner rather than later so uh, we are going to take a quick break Uh, we'll come back, got more to chat about Uh, be right back
0: The number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.
2: Cato, you have been checking out a game that I'm very curious about. We were all very taken by the trailer for it when, now I don't know when they did the trailer for this. It was during something.
1: It was was during the thing. Mm -hmm.
2: During a thing that's so which 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 specific. which one
1: which one of those things? It wasn't that long
2: ago. No, though. it wasn't. Oh, it was Gamescom. It was Gamescom. It Gamescom. was Keeley's Gamescom. Right, uh, opening, opening night, night event. Uh, mm-hmm. Moonbreaker, uh, a game being published by Crafton, the the PUBG company, who is actually going to have a couple games this year because they'll also be publishing the Callisto Protocol, the right. uh, game for the X Dead Space developers, but. What is Moonbreaker? All I know about it is like I'm I'm playing with minis, minis,
1: but a a, a video game mini? minis. So what what's what's the sitch? Let me tell you. Let me tell you. What if, what if you could have little guys and you put them mm-hmm. on a table on some and you put down some little like fake trees. You've already sold Ren. Little guys on a table. <laughs> like, I, I do just... love a little guy on a table. It's true. Ren's done. Like sold. And then you can. Uh, you know, you push them towards each other and they fight. Uh, you you have a set of rules that make them fight. Now, what if all of that, but in a video game? Okay. <laughs> um, Moonbreaker is um, very, it, it's it's very fun. I, I think like a super easy way to describe it would be like magic arena for a game that doesn't exist in real life. And magic, what Magic Arena is, is Magic: The Gathering, the card game, but digitized into a form that technically those cards do exist in the world. But like it's you know you can play it digitally online with other this, people. This is what we played on stream,
2: right? Where Robin Ayamel's brought down the Empire of Natalie Kato, correct?
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, you didn't have to laugh that hard about it. Sorry,
2: but <laughs> so that yes. is what we played, right? Yes, that yes. was
1: what we played on stream. Was Magic Arena? Um, and this is essentially that, but for a miniatures game that doesn't exist in real life, but it treats it as fully a as miniatures it does? game. Yeah, yeah. Like so, Wait, is there the... like a whole
2: lore and like world building, or is it just presumed like these are just cool little enemies? There's lore. That we've made. There's lore
1: okay. in the way that there's lore for like the Warhammer 40k miniatures game. Like okay. there's like stories about the miniatures and stuff, but the game itself is not. Like, this is why I describe it like, like, like Magic Arena. It is not a, like, there's no single-player campaign to this. It is a jump on and then, like, play versus the AI or play versus other players and, like, just have a match. And it's very match-structured. And it's also, like Magic, structured around uh, a limited pool of, uh, of figurines that you can expand by getting booster packs. Like, instead of unlocking through progression like you normally do in other, uh, like, like in XCOM, right? Like, you get more people to use for your uh, team that you, like, level up through them getting XP and all that. This game is very much, this is just like, you play, you play games, you get a currency, or you can, of course, buy this currency. You get booster packs to open up. You get random, a random assortment of new miniatures, duplicates get broken down into a a third currency that you can also use to like craft a miniature but it very much plays exactly in the space of like this is this would be a blind box like miniatures game um in the real world the game itself plays i mean it's it's a pretty fun very like um extremely positionally like uh important like the the position it's it's extremely like positional positionality is very important in any tactics games but the way that this one plays is um the ranges are all um there's no grid right uh the ranges are all kind of analog in a way it's as if you were measuring with like a measuring tape out for all of these like different abilities and stuff
2: i'm pasting a screenshot and you can like sort of see how like the it's almost like a heat map but like kind of like weight like ebbs around yes. like the circle of the um yes of the miniatures that you're setting down and so it's it's not strictly yeah like you're saying like there's a move no, three yeah, spaces. There's no
1: grid. It's like you're like so if you're, you can if
2: you can fit in here because like in it fits in the physical space it will yeah. it will let you.
1: And like physics comes into it a couple times in 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 strange and interesting ways where like there's this one character that has like a little um Grapple hook and they can pull enemies towards them now there's like there have been times when I can see a character and get the grapple hook on them, but then there's a piece of terrain that is just like in the way enough that the as they're being pulled it they like whack into it, and then it'll it'll stop there, and like the first time I did it it was like, oh shit, I didn't even realize like I thought if I could select them for this ability they would just pull me all the pull them all the way to me right it'll just it kind take, it'll of just
2: take them through because that object doesn't ex- actually exist we're just pulling or them the, it the, would the go space.
1: around or whatever like but and i and i didn't notice this but it does actually it did actually tell me like on subsequent turns i realized um it it, it will show you if like in in that movement it's going to like be interrupted by terrain that's out on the, on the, mm. on the, on the battlefield. So it's extremely positionally like, uh like important, but also like obscure because it's, um there aren't grids. So you can't be like, Oh, I know that person can only move X amount of grid or whatever. It's all like kind of, kind of in the way that you play a lot of these tabletop miniature games that, don't play on a grid it's all like distance space so you kind of eyeball like it looks like it's about five inches um and then like when you actually go to do the ability you're supposed to measure exactly to make sure Mm -hmm. but before then you're just kind of like trying your best to um make sure that all your pieces are lined up correctly um and similarly to things like um hearthstone for example it has this sort of like energy system where uh you get like one energy to play um uh abilities is basically what you use this the song use this uh, this energy to play each of your little miniatures as a special ability that uses it and also to play new miniatures onto the board so you start with like one your captain which has a lot of hp and the point is the like the win condition is kill your enemy captain so Mm -hmm. to start that's just two captains on the board and then uh, each turn you get one more energy so by turn three you have three energy available and you can drop a second piece and so on and so forth um so there's these mechanics of like do i spend my energy on doing an ability this turn or do i do i need another piece on the board is that more important right now um and there are moments where like the even though my enemy has dropped another piece on the board i've been able to line up a really good combo of abilities where like i just eliminate that piece almost immediately so it's like worth uh considering that always um the so like the tactics themselves is is pretty fun and interesting but like i i i kind of chafe against the sort of this is now a like I got indoctrinated into magic very, very young, too young. Um
0: does <laughs> like, someone
1: specifically want to curse for that? Who's responsible for it? <laughs> I don't remember. Somebody in my elementary school had magic cards. Wow.
2: Well, that's convenient that you don't remember. I don't Uh, remember their name. That's often how curses, that's how curses work. Yeah. (laughs) If
1: I could only remember the name, I could break the curse. Um, But like. (laughs) The problem is, I think if you
2: broke the curse. Okay, here's, if you could break the magic curse. Yeah. No longer care about magic.
1: Yeah. I'm I'm right there.
2: but But it also, magic is probably responsible for you liking.
1: A lot of other things. Card stuff. Shit.
2: You lose magic, kind of is. but you also lose—not <laughs> entirely, right? It's not like, of course, you could learn to like card, but it just becomes one of many things you like as right. opposed to right. like a top tier. Like yeah. you lose that deep passion. I think maybe for card-based. You're wow. You're you're willing to just okay. <laughs> well, all right. Here's the
1: issue. Here's the issue with um, the way this is. This game is set up, and the way that Magic is set up is that you create. An inherently uneven playing field when you have random boost, like when boost random, randomly seeded boosters are like the way that you Mm -hmm. build up the 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 pool of uh, characters you can play with. Uh, This is a big issue in Magic. A lot of a lot of like top decks end up having um, individual cards that will go for like thirty or forty dollars on the secondary market because everybody wants to build the best deck possible. um, But there is a literally physically um scarce amount of those cards. Like there are less of those cards in the world uh than the rest of the It's different when it's a competitive thing, right? Like if you like look right. at
2: like a roguelike where like, hey, we are using randomness yes. to diversify the experience. That's one thing when it's you yeah. against a computer. Um or the elements the, the only person who matters with the against this this RNG is you. Yeah. Um it's Back. much different when you introduce another player who can be at a disadvantage because of either it's out of their control or they didn't want to go. Yeah, they didn't want to go outside of the ecosystem and spend money to acquire it right. to to balance things or out.
1: stay in the ecosystem and put in a bunch of like you know pulls of the slot machine until you get the right. one thing that you had that you need or want for this deck. This is why now I only play Netrunner, the only one of the few card games out there that releases their sets, you just buy the whole set all at once. Like you get every card that's in there. So everyone's And they probably building. make less money
2: that way. Yeah. Because this is ultimately right. not for balance reasons. It's a financial design. It's a financial design. decision. Yeah. yeah. It
1: is to extract the m- most amount of, of money out of their players, right? I guess it's... Then I, I find it
2: interesting and disheartening, yeah. frankly, that when recreating that, that. I So, like, when I saw this trailer, despite having no uh, real interest in magic or affinity for, like, like card-based games, it's like, oh, wow, this is, like, a really interesting idea to take a lot of this feel and nostalgia for a certain type of game in miniatures. I mean, we should also point out... Yeah. the tr- When they introduced this, they spent the vast majority of the time showing someone using the miniature editor in which, which you can go in and color... And tweak and do the sort of stuff that people are doing with, you know, uh their actual miniatures if yeah. they're taking the time to actually paint them and customize them. And they're like, look, we just built an incredible tool to do this virtually. And I was like, that's that's sick as shit. Cause that, that is technology. What can what can we do digitally that um plays off of interest in the real world and enhances them or does something right. different? Like that, okay, cool, that makes sense. But then they looked at the financial model and went now we like that one.
1: <laughs> That's like cool. Magic.
2: That's good. Cuz like
1: like like I mean the way that games like Warhammer 40K, they make money by selling sets, but like it's not randomized, right? It's like you if you want x like whatever, you have to go to the store and buy that specific uh character mini and then you paint it or whatever. Um but this is is playing in the in the magic space of like it's randomized so like you if you were chasing for a specific thing, you don't even know Right, it's it's not as though it. like
2: hey, uh, these elite level cards are only part of this pack, and this pack's more expensive. So if you and want these elite level cards, you you're gonna go have to pay them. for this tier. Right. No, it's no.
1: randomized. You know, like it's yeah. not, like it's, it's not all mixed not, together. There's, there's, right. Um, right. And so like it it kind of took the wins out of my the, my sales for this game. Like I really did. I did That's enjoy what I played of it, but it's just like this is now like they're setting it up to uh, basically just be. Um, another one of those. Another one of but those. But But like, yeah, with, with minis instead of cards. It's another Hearthstone. It's another like, where the kind of like... And it's early we, access, and they are right.
2: flipping on all of this monetization right out of the gate. It is not as though, right. hey, also, sometimes it'll it happen with up games like this.
1: A lot of these games are free to play. Magic the Gather, the, Ma- right. Magic Arena is free to play. Hearthstone is free to play. And then like, the or reason, part of the or they chart tra- they... they, char- they
2: the reason you charge for a base level 30 bucks is like, right. look, we're not, we're not flipping on any of the monetization stuff. This game is going to go free to play or change months. But like, hey, pay 30 bucks. This gets you in. It gives us a financial yeah. foundation to work with shows like player interest, but the actual mechanics inside, you're not going to pay for anything because right. the money is going to change the yeah. mechanics of how like so much is going to change in an early access game that this feels <laughs> particularly shitty and exploitative. Um... Of of a model to engage in at, at this stage of of yeah. development.
1: It does. It's to be to be to be fair. It is like extreme. It feels extremely polished. And It feels like kind of odd that they would even like this is like maybe like it feels more like a soft launch than like actually being an early access game. Uh, where it's like the thing that they are figuring out is the community's uh limits on how much they want to engage with those microtransactions and actually mm-hmm. i think literally yesterday they posted an update so this game when did this drop again
2: uh, just last last week i mean it was or in the last yeah. two weeks it's, it's very recent. september
1: 29th uh october 5th uh they uh they they changed a bunch of the monetization stuff already uh cool that's definitely what you should do
2: once people have already paid
1: (laughs) right (laughs) uh they like change things about the ui in the store where like certain currencies were showing up where they didn't need to it's so like already those changes are being made it feels like that's the thing that they really actually wanted to kind of change because the rest of it feels so polished it's like i this could be 1.0 um this feels 1.0 um
2: Interesting. Yeah. Apparently, this actually is going to go free to play. So it's it's wild. What? So it's like so, yes, yeah,
1: early access, right? So I mean, it's you it's do, get, but, in, then, uh, but then but then but then yeah. So then a- yeah,
2: pay charge 30 thirty forty bucks to get in early yeah, yeah. and see how it's being developed. But then also also, do you want to be our guinea pigs while we figure out the money all, thing? Yeah, all the free to play stuff later. Especially like this isn't a tiny studio, right? Saying right hey, we're trying to figure this out. Please come figure it out with us. Like,
1: Or like, we, need, this we is, need the last like leg over to, you know, the last... No, this is Krafton. They're worth billions of dollars. <laughs> this is
2: not yeah. some mom and pop shop in which you understand why they need maybe to squeeze a little more out of what's going on. They don't know how big the, the player base is going to be. Like, this is, this is a... Uh, that, that makes it all the more right, right. irritating to adopt a model uh, like that this early yeah. uh, in the process. Unless they're closer to 1.0 where it's like this is a soft beta period, right? Like a lot of they, times they early said, access. Is in, least,
1: the, in the early access thing, it says approximately how long will this game be in early access? And, say, and they say roughly one to two years. Okay, yeah. So like a yeah. year to
2: 18 months is like a, what a lot of these games um, yeah. that come out uh, like fairly mature spend about a year, uh, uh, 18 months before they hit 1.0. So, well, that's kind of gross. That's too bad. I mean, hopefully some of this work, but it feels like your, your recommendation is it looks cool but maybe don't buy into the ecosystem yet and let it yeah but it settle down yeah
1: i mean you would have to buy if you want to go check this game out you have to pay $30 and what that gets you is 10 booster packs it's just like so like you you open up a bunch and you get a bunch of miniatures and like um the they like list out the the percentages you get 3 drops in a booster pack and it's like A common, you get 70% chance at a common, 20% chance at an uncommon. Rare is 6%, epic is 3%, and legendary is 1%. So of those 10, you're probably not going to get anything epic. You're probably not going to get any, and I don't think I got, I didn't get anything. (coughs) I think I got maybe a couple rares. Maybe one rare. It's just like, those numbers are like, that. those are the numbers that you expect out of like, pulling random magic cards. And it's just like, it is a system that exists and like people pay into, but I do not enjoy anymore. Um, no, that's fair. the reason I, I stopped. I mean,
2: stuff like that is why I never got into it at all. Uh, like even at a younger age, where yeah. you know, whatever my allowance allowed, I, I think I bought like one thing of magic cards and went, oh shit! <laughs> like I spent my allowance on that, and then. I don't really even have enough to actually play the game. Okay. I'm going to go, I'm going to do something else. So, all right, we'll keep tabs on that as that game uh, moves along. I'll be curious to see. I know uh, Rob has a, has a code as well. I'm curious for, for him to check it out. If nothing else, I don't know if we perchance were to have some sort of live event coming up, Mm. having, watching people model, like paint a model. Yeah. We barely even talked about that too. And it's like, I know
1: that part is good. That part is good. Yeah. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, we, we, we should do a segment on theoretical live show that is, if one were, to we're not going to play the game, but, but would you like to watch us do the paint a model for the next five minutes? It's <laughs> a pretty good idea. I'm going to mark that one down. Uh, let's uh, take a dip uh, before we get out of here into the question bucket. Uh, you can write in with your own questions to gamingadvice.com with the topic questions. Uh, this first one comes in from, doesn't have a name, but uh, how much of your furniture is from Ikea, and at what age is Ikea furniture no longer acceptable?
1: It depends these days, I feel like.
2: On both, or th- th- how much you have?
1: Uh, um, my, be- my bed? I think I have a bed from Ikea right now.
2: The bed frame or the mattress? Bed frame,
1: no, the mat. fuck no, not the mattress, never the fucking mattress. <laughs> well, I, I have an IQ, it's fine. It's, my fi- IQ fi- it's fine. it's
3: fine. It's fine.
1: Okay, let me. It's not very good.
2: <laughs> I was saying, ran, ran much like the chair that we bullied you into. Yeah. Given your situation th- th- at some point, it's just, you know, nothing tomorrow, but like a mattress is one I, of I, the I, most.
3: I, my mattress is comfortable. I've gotten zero complaints about my mattress. I got complaints about my wait, chair. Are
2: you taking feedback? Like yes, a feedback Feedback? <laughs> here I've got a questionnaire. It's like a, a young Steam woman Next woman Fest about demo. town. What eh? do you think of the balance here? <laughs> uh, uh, what do you th- how one to ten, how was this mattress? Um wait, wait, wait
3: all right, listen. At some point. Most of my apartment is currently IKEA furniture. I'll of course. That. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Of course. But, but here's the thing. I, I I I at one point dated an interior designer who always drilled this into my head. The cool thing about IKEA is that it does make like interior design financially accessible to a lot of people. And exactly. so for as much as IKEA shit isn't great, if you take care of it, if you take care of your IKEA furniture, that shit'll last. It'll last okay. Like it will it will do all right by you.
2: It'll if make you assemble one move properly. If you're really careful. Um and Otherwise, it'll it can last you a solid five years. I like think it's yeah. something you're using.
1: Yeah, I think this also depends on the on the tier of IKEA stuff. There is definitely like the the cheapest yes. like you're getting particle board with uh formica veneer on it. Level yes. IKEA stuff does exist there for the college right. students and uh, uh, whoever else doesn't need things to actually. It's there stand for you to, to throw out weights? when
2: the when the, when that yeah. year is over.
1: But like, there's one tier up. Like, I have the there's there's a desk over here. We've had that desk for like, I don't know, probably five years. We've moved it. It's been moved. hmm No, more than five years. Jesus, I've been here eight years now. Jesus Christ. It moved from Baltimore, that I can't go, going through it
2: because he looked at a desk.
1: <laughs> yeah, kind the like, fucking... Kind of having a sad moment about the uh... existential movement of time because of looked at a desk. From... Um, but, like, that second tier is going to last uh, even longer, especially, like, and it's it's good stuff. Like, that's a bamboo, that's a solid bamboo top.
2: Yeah. So, but, good, and also, their, st-
1: their stuff has got. I think
2: they have moved, I think it is true that in the last 10 years especially, they have moved into a space where they recognize that they can get you in the door with that cheap stuff. And then also appeal to folks that would like something a little sturdier, like a little more expensive, but doesn't quite go to... You know, like, you can pay as much as you want for a piece of furniture. Like, people will mm-hmm. sell you whatever zeros you want to add to that. Like, these days, like, what we do is, like, a lot of IKEA stuff is what goes in the kids' rooms mm. um, because, like, it just gets beat up. Their, ch- their tastes change. Like, maybe it goes into a different room, and it just doesn't matter as much. And then IKEA stuff that we've had over the years, it's almost like you're doing a test run with it. It's like, well, let's bring this in, see how we feel about it. And then whenever it breaks, it's like, okay – Like slowly start changing things in the house. It's like, okay, go spend real money on the thing that is like, this isn't something that even just lasts for five years. Like this could last for 15, 20 years if, you know, we stayed in the house that long. And so that's, uh, there is not an age that, you know, I'm approaching 40. There's not an age that Ikea is no longer acceptable. Um, That said, I do think as you get older, uh, recognizing, Either like the quality of the IKEA stuff you are getting, so you can graduate to like what, what Kato is is talking about, where it'll just last longer. Like it's not you don't want to be in a place where if you just spent, I don't know, let's say it was something you spent two hundred bucks on, and if you spent three fifty, it'd be both better and last a lot longer. Like that's the thing that I've had to graduate to as someone that like has the financial means to spend more, but does not have the psychological wherewithal to spend more, and so I just need to like tell myself. No, Patrick. You could get the nicer thing and it would last longer. You've done this for long enough. Um, <laughs> so yeah. that's where that's yeah. where I'm at with it. Uh, mine Palace. Uh, hello, Waypoint staff guests. Obligations require me to spend a week vacation visiting family in Wisconsin soon. Well, I'll be traveling with a Switch and Steam Deck, as a person in their 40s, I can't comfortably deploy these during the family visits. Also due to coming in from Canada, my partner's phone will have the data plan, not mine. So that option is out. The only option left is the Mind Palace. What is your favorite game to play in the Mind Palace? It needs to be something just distracting enough that I can survive nodding along to Wisconsin politics and sports, but not so distracting that I lose track of my three-year-old child. Thanks, waypoint.
3: What the fuck? What so whoa whoa, whoa, whoa whoa. I'm a fan of the Mind Palace.
2: Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, I mean, I think a rephrasing of this is like what is like something idly you will do. With your brain, uh-huh. when you're not fully engaged in what's in front of you, but you cannot resort to an electronic distraction
1: for actual reasons. Yeah. Okay. Or Z reason. Also, though, it did feel like resorting to an electronic distraction was ruled out from like a. I'm forty, and I'm like, that's bullshit. You can do you can do that shit whenever you want. You're forty. Yeah. You're allowed to do whatever you want. Like IKEA. <laughs>
2: yeah you can have ikea it's fine it's fine you can make six figures and buy ikea do whatever you want with your life like uh but i I mean i I don't i don't know the full context of yes how that that did rub me the wrong way um but who knows i don't know the the social context this is dropping into is if if, this might be the kind of thing where this person is gonna get shit from a family member it's just not worth it or it's like i just don't don't want to deal with it so maybe like not a lack of confidence but more of a Just it's not worth it. So what else can I do to kind of pass the time? Ren, it seems like you this is something you've done before. Have thoughts on what happens in Ren's mind palace when we need to pass the time?
3: My my mind palace is the game design zone. Uh when I it, it, on my five hour drive from Indianapolis uh back to Ohio for Gen Con, I designed a tabletop role-playing game and play tested it in my head. And that was that was a ball for me. <laughs>
2: that was wow. that your mind palace is big. My
3: mine, mine very small. Not I, very small. I designed it and also that shit worked. I've done playtests. It's it's like a, I, I designed a competent tabletop role-playing game on that drive. It was very, it was very um Very uh, satisfying.
2: Uh, This isn't quite the same thing, but because you mentioned driving, it made me think of it is there is the little spot that my parents own in Wisconsin. There's really just one road that you take if you want the most direct route to get there. In theory, you could take a different road that is also just a road that goes straight there uh, that takes a little bit longer. But what I like to do is because I take that ride. I've done I've done this drive thousands of times over the course of my life, um, uh, and I will put the uh, direct I will put the address into an Apple Maps or Google Maps or Ways. I'm constantly switching the apps because what these apps will do is go. Look, you know, I th- generally this will just take you about an hour and ten minutes to get to. But these apps are desperate to save you like two minutes. Uh, And so what will happen is I will go on this drive, put in the address, and then occasionally that app will say, take a left here. I'm like, why? Why? Why would I do that? I don't need to. I could just keep going straight. But they want to save me a minute. And I will get taken to wildly different communities, neighborhoods, storefronts, because it takes me just a little bit off the track of what I've done before. And my my wife and I get so excited when the maps program says, maybe take a right here. And it's like, <laughs> Whoa, we've never gone that way before. Yo! Uh, and like we found like different lunch places. And just, it's something where otherwise it has deep familiarity to you. I know every twist and every turn. And I'm just looking for a little variation on a drive that I do frequently once a month. Right. The there and back and i love the fact that these maps programs just are algorithmically tuned to try and save me some time i don't think they actually do it but i in some ways i don't even know how you'd program this but but i i wish this could be built into the software itself uh in which uh i could just say look i want a little i want a little randomness uh in my life um i just want a little uh things to be a little different so uh Unfortunately, uh, not, not the case. But it is something I enjoy. All right. Well, like I said, I got a sick kid, and uh, uh-huh. I need to get the fuck out of here. I can hear them calling for me, saying Jack, put on Jack. All they do is watch Nightmare Before Christmas, <laughs> and so I'm gonna go do that. I do like that movie though. So that's all right. There are worse things to be subjected to for a hundred thousand hours. But uh, again, you can write in questions to gamingadvice.com with the questions, uh, with the subject. Questions, uh, you can also write in, if you write in that same email, you can get us questions about sports. Just put sports! In the exclamation mark. Tell us why we should watch rugby, because I think that's what Rob and I are getting into next. Uh, this week, uh, we recorded a the third episode in our, our sports podcast, where we talk about Brett Favre being a piece of shit. Concussions. Uh, the fact that we think we're going to get really into rugby going forward. So, look forward to that. That's on Waypoint Plus. That'll be coming to the rest of the Waypoint feed uh, on Saturday. Uh, we'll be, uh, next week we've already recorded our episode on uh, the next episode of My Turn uh, I'm on Escape from New York uh, that'll be up on Waypoint Plus next week and then we'll cycle to the main feed a week later uh, Ren and I will be uh, doing revisiting Ren's Rentals I almost said Blockbuster but we're here in the new branded Ren's Rentals Palace uh, in which we're going to be playing what are we going to play Ren?
3: we're going to be playing uh, Fatal Frame not Fatal Frame
2: 2 not this sequel that everyone says is the best one we're going to the OG we're going to play the original Fatal Frame the original Fatal Frame
3: that's probably Uh, what I played at the family video
2: right exactly I don't remember which one I played that's the bit right. back (laughs) off (laughs) i get your ass so uh and then next week we're still figuring out uh what exactly is going on but stay tuned for more on that soon uh but we will have podcasts we will have streams and we will have more of us. Um, you can follow everything that Waypoint does on Twitter, at Waypoint. On Facebook, YouTube, Waypoint Vice, On Twitch, twitch.tv slash Waypoint. Uh, our theme music is Bowen. The track is Miss You off the EP Pale Machine. Learn more at waypoint.zone slash bo This podcast is brought to you ad-free. If you're a subscriber at waypointplus.com, you get access to lots of things early, lots of things ad-free. You don't want to hear something from Saudi Arabia? We're working on it. Then sign up for <laughs> Waypoint Plus. Uh,
1: it should be gone. It should you, be gone by now. I'm,
2: if I just put it into the podcast, then we can apply the pressure we have. It's fine, sorry. <laughs> Apologies. We we try to we try to we appreciate people flagging things for us. So we don't know that stuff that goes into the algorithmic ads before the podcasts go out. But you can follow my work at Patrick Club at Kato, where can people follow you?
1: At a underscore cado underscore appears.
2: And Ren.
1: Uh, at ren or Raven
2: that is us calling time on this podcast We'll be back next week until then truly this will the, the, the energy I, I give this now will make sense when you listen to this but fuck capitalism go home.